This is Face the Music, an ELO song-by-song podcast. Episode 113, Stranger. Stranger is the sixth track on the 1983 vinyl release of Secret Messages, seventh song on the cassette and CD release, second track on side two of the record and tape. In the liner notes for the 2001 Secret Messages remaster, Jeff wrote, Recorded this in Holland, where I was looking through the eyes of a stranger. In 1993, Andrew Whiteside wrote in the 15th issue of Face the Music, A consummate melody and a tidy string arrangement make this one the least gimmicky and most self-contained tracks on the album. Interestingly, the song's story is the exact opposite of the way life's meant to be as the time the stranger who comes to town finds what he's looking for and swears he's never going back to his old life. Strangers in the night. Hi, I'm Eric Winsenson. And I'm Eric Paul Johnson. We are into what sounds like something that should have been off of the Moody Blues, the present album, or the Other Side of Life album, but it's the Electric Light Orchestra, sounding all of 1983. And before anybody starts getting mad, no, this is not a bad thing. This is a good thing because it's sounding like good 1983, not some of the other 1983 garbage. Yeah. This album is really confusing me, to tell you the truth. It's completely all over the place. (laughs) I can just imagine what two albums worth of this was, that it just seems like he went in occasionally to the studio, said, hey, I've got an idea for today, threw it together. And there we go, whether or not other band members were around them or not, because I can pretty much tell this is not Bev Bevan on the drums on this one. Mm -hmm. It has that 80s drum machine slap sound that we hear on a lot of the other songs on here. And it sounds basically like a Jeff Lynne solo song. However, I would love for a lot of the Jeff Lynne ELO stuff to sound like this right now instead of the way that it does sound, (laughs) which is pretty much uninspired. (laughs) This one's still good, though. I mean, lyrically, I really enjoyed it. It does sound of its time, but again, in a good way. It sounds 80s, but it doesn't sound annoying 80s. I will give you that. And sounding like 1983 is not a bad thing. Unless you're bringing up Michael Jackson, then I'm good with a lot of 1983 music. In this episode, I'm going to be the one who will be hated, so I'm going to take the heat off of Winsensen for once this week. I never really much liked this song. It never did anything for me. I I, I don't hate it. If it comes on, I'll kind of like suffer through it. But for me, I've always thought it was 
boring. <laughs> it's just kind of there. The tune didn't strike me too much. The music, not so much. I wasn't in the studio, I don't know for sure, but I'm going to take a pretty good guess that Bevan is nowhere on this, and oh my god, is he missed. The drumming on this sounds computerized, repetitive. He just got a few seconds of drumming that he needed, put it on a loop. I know that's what he did for Don't Bring Me Down, but Don't Bring Me Down featured Bevan's drumming, and Bevan could have brought so much life and so much power to this ballad, as he's done with many other ELO ballads. And it just adds so much to the lifelessness of this song for me. I mean, the only part that I, I like is when everything pitches down before it goes into the guitar solo. I do like the guitar solo, but for me, the tune of it is so bland that even the guitar solo doesn't help. Yeah, everybody's going to hate me, but I can take it. It's, it's okay. Not crazy about this song. I do have a whole list of other ELO songs that I've raved about, so, you know, you can't hit gold all the time. Even the Beatles, McCartney, even Weird Al have had songs that didn't quite hit. Yeah, Girls Just Want to Have Lunch comes to mind on that one. I will let Al pass on that. Because it was the record company who said, Hey, Cindy Lauper's on the same label. You need to parody Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Do it. Because we're paying your bills. So, because hmm. even he has said... Uh, that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although I will give the record company one plus for Weird Al. They insisted he do a Christmas song. And he did Christmas at Ground Zero. Which is probably my favorite Christmas novelty song. Yeah, one of my favorites, too. One of the few songs I look forward to Christmas for. I, I like it better than uh, The Night Santa Went Crazy. And I like both of them, to tell you the truth. I like both of them, but I like Christmas at Unfor- Ground Zero. Unfortunately, I, like more. I think it does say something about Stranger that we're now off on a tangent for Weird Al Yankovic. That's okay. It goes in the expanded episode. Okay. Yeah. Now, one thing I can say, though, about Stranger is that it does seem, I mean, doesn't seem, like I said, doesn't seem annoying 80s. But it does seem calculated for 80s radio. Oh, yes. Rock and Roll is King sounds more like something, uh, well, this ought to keep the fans happy. (laughs) But Stranger sounds like, you know what? Our careers are uh, starting to grind to a halt. (laughs) Let's throw something together that sounds a little bit Moody Blues, a little bit Asia, and also uh, add some synthesizers and a drum machine, and Mm -hmm. it may get played on the radio. And, well, it didn't. I hadn't noticed the 80s Moody's Blues type sound to it, but I can see it now that you point it out. Yeah, this would fit perfectly on the present, which is the album the Moody Blues released the same year, even though I would say Sitting at the Wheel has a lot more life in it than, um, from than what Stranger. I, yeah, from what I can remember, it's been a long time since I've heard that song. I, a lot of times I forget that it happened. I remember Stranger at the Wheel, or whatever, the Moody Blues song <laughs> being much more upbeat, bouncier than stranger but a lot of the sound of that particular album sounds quite similar to this mm-hmm. because they didn't keep up with that long distance voyager sound they went full 80s starting at that point which i'm kind of sorry about because i love the long distance voyager album as far as singles go for the 80s and moody blues they kind of 
They had that once hit in 86, and they just kind of repeated that sound for a little too long. And repeated that video. That, that too, yes. <laughs> Although I did like exactly. the other side of life single. But that's what it sounds like. It sounds like a lot of the other prog and kind of poppy prog groups that mm-hmm. um, they decided, yeah, well, we're going to have one last grasp at this and <laughs> one last gasp at this. And they just released something along these lines. Luckily, the Electric Light Orchestra one. I, yeah, I agree with you. It's not the greatest song, but mm-hmm. it's actually a very enjoyable song for the period and for what it's obvious they were trying to do. However, this band pretty much lived and died on its fans. So, <laughs> since it sounds like so much of the other stuff in 83, I, it's not any surprise that it didn't become a bigger hit because there's nothing really to distinguish it from a lot of other songs that sound exactly like it that same year. Yeah, I was surprised. Well, I was, I was twice surprised by this song. One, I was surprised it was released as a single because I was like, what, really? Why? this is another one of those singles that I don't hear a hit from this. Why did you release this as a single? And then I was surprised when once I heard it on the radio, KMLE, long before they became a country station, they played it and it was like, uh, uh, okay, I didn't expect to hear that. Wasn't KMLE an easy listening station at the time? They were kind of like KZZP before they went all top 40. They were playing oldies. They were playing selected top 40 hits of the day. So. Oh yeah, because they they became K Fire. Yeah, uh, that, that that part of it I think became K Fire. Well, it, I, we'll talk about this later. I don't think anybody, yeah. <laughs> out there, even the expanded listeners, I don't think they really care about Phoenix Radio too much, so, except exactly. for Don Fields. And apparently, many 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 years later, when a Jonathan Brandmeier tape from November 1983 fell into my hands, uh, it was played on the loop. This guy's the loop 98. Yellow, this guy's drumming on us. I was surprised it got airplay. I was surprised it was released as a single because it never hit me at age 14 and since. Yeah, that's the song to release as a single. That's going to be a hit. Didn't hit me like that. And when we get to chart facts, you'll see I was right. So they should have listened to me. Should have consulted me. You, random teenager in Phoenix, tell us what song we should release from Secret Messages next. (laughs) (laughs) And probably the answer would have been Rock and Roll is King. Um, well, that was the first one. That was the one that got me to, <laughs> to buy the album. So after that, after I had the album, then they come to me. Got something to say about Stranger? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. Was it a hit or was it? Stranger was the third single released in America from Secret Messages. It came out in December 1983 with Train of Gold as the B-side. It wasn't released in the UK. It's ELO's lowest charting single in America, getting to number 105 on Billboard's under Hot 100 singles. It got to number 33 on the Billboard Adult Contemporary chart, but it had its best showing in Poland, where it got to number 15. It was covered in 2010 by Damien Spanger. It's time for a great line from ELO from this week's song. What's my line? As I walked into the main street, saw a crowd across the square, and I heard a guitar playing, and I saw you standing there. Fantastic. What a thrill. Thank you so much. You're very kind. (laughs) 
Well, good hello, fanboys and fangirls. This is Dono, and here's my little brief take on Stranger. It comes with a warning. I'll be mentioning a local hero in the streets of Los Angeles in the valleys of California who went by the name of Huel Hauser. He's much loved in the state of California, at the very least in the county of Los Angeles, for his exploration through that county and state. And if you don't know who he is, either Google his name or type his name in the search bar on YouTube. And uh, you get the idea how beloved he was. Anyways, enough of that. Let's go to the prepared statement. This is probably the best track in this whole set, as it is the most atmospheric that lands nicely between my ears. As mentioned in my title track review, this represents that wandering period I went through during the early 80s. And this track is the closest I'll ever get to sadly review those unfocused days of my non-thoughts. I still have memories of this album blasting in my Walkman, Hello Tendonitis, and replaying this one over and over and over while wandering aimlessly through the streets of downtown Los Angeles, while trying desperately to explore my hometown. This plan was wiped out thanks to the televised local road trips by Huel Hauser. Well, he showed me up and shut me up. The drums are still electronic, but it keeps everything steady, and Lewis Clark is there to add a wonderful level of air to the mix. Only it's not as creepy as the music from Twin Peaks. Additional thanks to Jeff's aimless statements, well, yeah, this is my allegiance into nowhere fast without a care in the world. Until I snapped out of it and went to community college. And now, Eric and Eric go under the covers. Ooh, we're gonna have fun. Oh my god! One of the new features for the expanded episodes is we will cover cover songs. And this is the first song that we've come across. A stranger. Who the hell's it by? Damien Spanger. <laughs> not bad i mean i actually kind of like it more than i like the original to tell you the truth i mean i like the original but there is a little bit more life to this one having the saxophone in there really helps and having live drumming (laughs) actually really helps too the drumming doesn't sound robotic it sounds a little bit more human i should say but it is a bit on the jazzy side with it too so it adds a little bit more flavor to there Plus, he's got a good voice, so it really helps. It sounds like it's very well produced. It's not like somebody just fired up Garage Band and threw it together. <laughs> it actually sounds like this guy really likes he alone. Looking at the video, look, he's got pictures of himself with Jeff Lynne and with, with Richard Tandy in there. So he's obviously a fan. I mean, he's trying to do the song some justice. It isn't just something that somebody handed him and he decided going to do it and also well i guess you got to be a fan to do stranger rather than be the millionth person to try and do mr blue sky (laughs) yeah yeah every time i go to a dentist office i always think to myself geez i wish i could take this music home with me i think it's duller than the elo version i never liked that breathy saxophone 
uh, unless it's parroting noir stuff like Prairie Home Companion's Guy Noir. His voice is too breathy, too too wimpy for me. It, I, I I didn't like it. And I'm I, I maybe I should offer this disclaimer. I'm not one of those people who turns my nose up in the air and says nobody can do a cover version better than the original. So don't. Although I will turn my nose up with anybody who makes their own version of Happy Christmas War is Over. Nobody but John Lennon should do it. You don't want to hear Chicago's version, do you? I punched the radio knob to turn my radio <laughs> off when I heard Celine Dion start to do it. I well, couldn't... I wouldn't have even had to know what song it was if it was Celine Dion coming on. Uh, I'd wonder what in the world is going on and if my radio station that I listen to just suddenly switched formats. Well, yeah, yeah, you're not you're not yeah. a, not a big Christmas music person. Yeah, so there are plenty of ELO songs that or ELO remakes that I like actually better or just as much. There have been covers. Uh, I can't remember the. It's a three girl group, and they did a version of Mr. Blue Sky. Hey, you with the pretty face. Welcome to the human race. A celebration. Mr. Blue Sky's up there waiting. And today is the day we've waited for. Oh. I think that's a fun version. I like the version of Whisper, Whisper in the Night, not Whisper to a Scream. In fact, I hunted down that 45 for Graham Bonnet's version of Whispers in the Night. Yeah, and I like it better than the original version. So me banging on the song saying, oh my God, this is, I don't like this at all. It's it's not, nobody can do better than Jeff Lynn. I'm not that close-minded. I will give it to the musicians. They know what they're doing. They know how to play. It's well-produced. And yeah, at least there's a real drummer in here, which does bring some life to a song that, I'm perfectly fine with never hearing again for as long as I live. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm not so crazy about this remake. I know that you're not a big jazz fan. I like livelier jazz. Fats Waller, Louis Armstrong, maybe the, the swing stuff, stuff that has some life to it. I know somebody suggested, hey, you should listen to Miles Davis's Birth of the Cool. That one I heard, and I liked it. I'm more of a livelier jazz person than the soft, smooth jazz I don't mind the, the smoother jazz occasionally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it works with... I do think it works with this song. Right. I don't mind it occasionally. Either. I do like artists who can actually do it well. However, mm-hmm. yeah, I do agree with you that a lot of cool jazz stuff sounds like dentist office music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hello, this is Troy White, and here's a thought from Troy. Stranger. Oh my, I love this song. One of my all-time favorite ELO ballads. Really should have been a hit. I don't even know if it charted or not. I remember hearing it on a couple of local radio stations in the fall of 1983, but I know it didn't make the top 40. That's a shame. I've always thought this song would have been good as the theme song for an 80s sci-fi show. You know, a show like The Powers of Matthew Starr or Voyager or Greatest American Hero. Hey, remember the day when TV shows actually had theme songs and they actually told a story and some of them lasted as long as Stairway to Heaven or American Pie or seemed to anyway. Man, those were the days. Whatever happened to that? But I always thought this would have been a good song, you know, for a sci-fi TV show. 
And although I don't even know if Quantum Leap was even a gleam in the eye of its creator in 1983, but I can see this song has the theme for a show like Quantum Leap. I mean, I didn't watch the show every week, but I watched it enough to know that the protagonist would inhabit the body of a different character every week. So in a way, every week he was looking through the eyes of a stranger. And also, speaking of time travel, I think this song would have been a good fit for the Time album. Again, it's not talking about time travel, but just the style of music and the way it flows. And in keeping with the time travel theme, if it had been included on the Time album, maybe at the end, assuming the protagonist doesn't make it home right away, I've explained my reasons for thinking he did not in my thoughts on the epilogue episode for Time, so check that out. But let's say he didn't, and he finally makes it back years or centuries later, and he's been gone so long, he doesn't even know who he is himself, and so in a way, he'd be looking through the eyes of a stranger. Well, anyway, I've rambled long enough. Talk to you next week. This has been A Thought from Troy. I ain't never going back again. Meaning he won't be going back to ELO after this album. And if you play it backwards, Jeff sings albums never. Albums never. Secret messages are right in front of your faces, people. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? The song was Stranger. I danced to it. I really liked the moves that I did. So I did like the song. So that's it. Wow, she liked it. Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 114, Danger Ahead. <laughs>